Hey, everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. I'm so excited to share one of my dear friends with you, Andrea Owen. Many of you probably already know her from maybe her amazing podcast or her first book, 52 Ways to Live a Kick-Ass Life. And she and I actually are real-life friends, but we've never met in real life. We're in a mastermind together, and we've Skyped, and we've talked on the phone, and we've been on each other's podcasts. And hopefully, we're going to meet in January when she comes out here to celebrate the launch of her new book, which is called How to Stop Feeling Like Shit, 42 Habits That Are Holding You Back from Happiness. I love that title, and it's totally on par with the realness of Andrea. What you see is what you get, and I love that she wants to help all of us stop feeling like shit, because let's face it, sometimes we feel that way. So a little bit more about her if you don't know who she is. An author, a mentor, a certified life coach who helps high-achieving women let go of their perfectionism, control, and isolation and choosing courage and confidence instead. She's helped thousands of women manage their inner critic to create loving connections and live their most kick-ass life. Now, men, don't tune out. I know that I said Andrea helps women, but she helps men too. And we talk about a lot in this episode, and one of the tangents we go off on is about relationships. And so there's some great relationship tips in here for women and men. When Andrea is not juggling her full coaching practice or hosting retreats, she's busy competing in triathlons, chasing her 10-year-old son and 8-year-old daughter, or making out with her husband, Jason. She is also a retired roller derby player, having skated under the name Veronica Vane. You can learn more about Andrea at yourkickasslife.com and get her new book, How to Stop Feeling Like Shit, at yourkickasslife.com, H-T-S-F-L-S. And now on to my talk with Andrea. Andrea, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Christine, always looking for an excuse to get to talk to you. So it is my pleasure. And you are one of those people that I feel so close to and connected to, but we've never met in person, which is just so funny. I can't believe it. (laughs) It blows my mind that we haven't because I feel like we have. I know. I feel like we have too. I feel like we have too, but but I know that I'll be coming to your book signing in January. So I will get to meet you in 3D then, which will be amazing. That'll be awesome. (laughs) So speaking of this book, you have a new book. Brand Spanking New 2018. Tell us the name of it because I love the name of this book. <laughs> I never get tired of hearing the title. I know. It's called How to Stop Feeling Like Shit, oh. 14 Habits That Are Holding You Back from Happiness. I love that. So I know that a lot of my listeners feel really amazing a lot of times. And uh-huh. I also know that a lot of my listeners, and I include myself in that group, oftentimes feel feel like shit. And when you feel like shit, you want to get out of it. And one of the things we talk a lot about on this show is that one of the most common ways to deal with feeling like shit is just to numb it out. And there are so many ways we do that. And I know that's something that you dive into, into the book. So can you talk a little bit about how and why we numb it out when it comes up? Well, the reason we do it is because nobody wants to feel the hard feelings, right? Like nobody, when we're in any kind of struggle or, you know, anxiety, grief, frustration, expectation, hangover, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, we want to run away from it because it's, uh, it just doesn't feel good. I think is the bottom line of it. And I know the most common ones that we think of and probably with, with your audience is, drinking, work, and food. And I want to add to that category, 
uh, and this was me in my 20s, I was a chronic codependent. And more specifically, I used control to try to numb my feelings out. I was at a place where I would rather obsess on other people and fixing them and fixing my romantic relationship that I was in in an effort to, I I thought that was going to make me feel better. But in essence, I was just numbing out and pushing out all the real stuff that I was feeling that I just didn't want to. So that's another way that people numb out is with control. Mm. And what are some of the common ways that we numb out other than, you know, trying to control everything? Planning. (laughs) (laughs) No, doesn't that make us productive? Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? That's the thing. That's the thing is because like, there's this fine line, right? Because people who control you want them on your team at work, right? Yes. Like they're efficient. Like <laughs> they, they get stuff done. They're productive. And what I like to look at is yes. And where do you cross the line? Where does it become, you know, when you cross over into the, <laughs> into the black abyss where it's more than that. And it's actually negative affecting your life and, or your relationships. Mm-hmm. Like that's when it kind of goes awry and it's time to take a look at it and shine the light on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So <laughs> that sounds good. Like take a look at it, shine a light on it. <laughs> uh, well, I know, I know what question's coming. <laughs> so go ahead. <laughs> what does that actually mean yeah, or look like? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Do I get out my flashlight? Do I light a candle? <laughs> okay. Yes. Good question. And that, what I, I, I'm trying not to be too verbose, verbose because I can just like run with it. And <laughs> I don't want to take over your show, but I think what it means to shine a light on it and actually look at it is ask yourself some, some critical questions. You know, why do you feel the need to control this so much? What would it actually feel like or look like for you to surrender and trust the situation? What are you afraid might happen if you let go and trust that person or trust that situation? So it's, and, and at the end of each chapter of the book, I have these critical questions where I ask people to journal on them or ponder them and, and, and look, that's what it means to me to shine the light on something and dig underneath at what the, what is the root of the problem? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I talk about this a lot when, when I'm talking about fear, because one of the things that I think keeps us paralyzed in fear is we never answer those what if questions. We just mm-hmm. keep running them. What if this? What if this? What and if it this? spins. And it spins. Mm-hmm. It spins and it loops and all it does is produces anxiety. So I love that you're saying this because it's really about taking the time and answering those what if questions. And if you really follow that questioning, you know, question, answer, question, answer, even if you get to worst case scenario, sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, I could deal with that. Like if that happened, I, I could deal with that. Like I, you know, cause you and I are in a mastermind together. I just got the unexpected news that I have to move. And, you know, I, I, I was spinning in anxiety about that, but then I really stopped and broke it down and stopped trying to control it and was like, okay, worst case scenario, I have to put my stuff in storage and I move in with one of my amazing friends for a little bit. Like that's like (laughs) worst case scenario, (laughs) like yes, stressful. Yes. Not what I want. Inconvenient. Inconvenient. Mm -hmm. But, but also really looking at, you know, why is this happening for me? And if I numb out and just try to control it. And I think that's one tendency that many of us have, especially the overachievers, the planners, the type A, when the shit hits the fan and we feel like shit, we go into react. If I just yeah. do something, if I just quote unquote fix the situation, then I'll feel safe again and everything will be okay. 
But sometimes we have to be in the spin and in the uncertainty because that's where the healing happens. That's where the learning happens. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll give this example. I tell a story in the book of when this was, I think last summer, my husband and I had gotten into an argument and it was, it Wait, doesn't happen very often. with your husband? Every Shocking. once in a while. Yes, <laughs> that happened. And I was, so we were both angry with each other and I left the house. I got in the car and I left, which is kind of unlike me. I'm usually like the one that wants to talk about it. And I was, what had happened was I was totally and utterly triggered. So I'm in the car and I'm driving and I start to plan out my life as a single mother. So nowhere in this conversation, Christine had my dad's, or my dad, (laughs) my husband Mm -hmm. said, Uh, that he wanted a separation or divorce or nothing even remotely close to that. So what I discovered, and I I went down that path, you know, I was thinking about like, oh, we're gonna have to sell the house and like what apartment complex would I live in and planning the whole thing out. And I realized that about 10 minutes in what I was doing, then I thought to myself, oh my God, it's easier for me to plan this whole thing out in my head than to go to a place in my thoughts and my feelings and emotions of actually dealing with what just happened, that I was completely triggered by this argument that we had. You know, it's like my whole fear of abandonment, you know, which many of us have, right? No matter how much work we do on ourselves, no matter how much we know the tools, I am here, you know, been doing this for 10 years, teaching people that when you are triggered, when those old wounds get ripped open, we still sometimes go to those places where we have these old negative core beliefs. And that's what happened to me. That was so difficult for me that I decided planning and control was easier. Right. 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 Again, it took me about 10 or 15 minutes to realize this. And then you know, I had to go back home and, and face the music and, and have a hard conversation with him and mm. work it out. Mm. And, you know, that's what I, I give that example because partly because this whole book, I don't want this to be a book where people get it and think, oh, here's the 14 things that I'm doing wrong because self-help can feel like that sometimes. No, this is, here are the things that we all do from time to time. Some, you know, you may be on the spectrum anywhere of how often you do them and how frequently, but I, what I want the win to be for people with control or overachieving or any of them is that they, that you become aware of them quickly when you're doing it so that you can choose behaviors that are more in alignment with the woman that you actually want to be the person that you want to be. Mm, I love that. And sometimes uh, that's such what you just said is such, I don't want, I don't want to just breeze by that because that's so important. So more in alignment with the person that you want to be. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. because like we, all those choices, you know, all those behaviors, like uh, nobody listening has a value around people pleasing or self-sabotage or control, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. what it's about. Right. Exactly. And sometimes it's like, we have to understand that the person we think we are was based on our wounding, based mm-hmm. on the limiting beliefs that we form, based on the roles we needed to play to feel safe, to get love, to get validation, all those kind of things. And, and the process of discovering who we want to be, it's messy sometimes. And totally. it, it really does involve welcoming, feeling the shit because mm-hmm. you've got to feel all that stuff. Cause I really do believe that, that none of the quote unquote shit we feel is new. It all just, something yeah. happens and it triggers all the past stuff that we haven't mm-hmm. quite dealt with, which is why sometimes things feel so big and so insurmountable. But part of really becoming the truth of who we are is our willingness to feel that stuff and not numb out. So 
Yeah. I think some of the best work that I've ever done, maybe not best work, but kind of thing that I've, one of the things I've surrendered to is the whole concept of healing. Mm -hmm. And I used to think that it was a destination that once you healed from something that, yeah, you might still think about it sometimes, but it didn't have an impact at all on you anymore. That was my goal, at least, you know, look at me trying to control something. And (laughs) (laughs) what I've realized is that, And I used to get really angry with myself when I would feel like I healed from something and it came back up again somehow, somewhere. And I think that I was using this, this analogy with my sister. We, we lost our father last year and, um, it was the anniversary of his death. And I was on the phone with her and I said, you know, it, it feels like somebody's like when you're sweeping the floor and all of a sudden there's like dust bunnies like that get kicked up and you're like, wait a minute, where did those come from? And and that's what happens. You know, you could be just like moving along in your life and something happens and old stuff gets kicked up. And then I have found that the more angry and the more I resist that, the more I tell myself, like, I've done so much work on this. Why am I not over it again? Mm -hmm. That could be another form of numbing out, you know, just surrendering to, looking at it again and being kind to myself around it, reaching out to people and talking about it again is okay. And it actually aids in the healing process. Yep. We're never done. We're never Mm -hmm. done. Especially with some of those core things, because in a lot of ways, those core things become our mission and our message. You know, I, I know one of my purposes here on the planet is to help people that are suffering. And I'm not Mm -hmm. saying I constantly have to suffer to fulfill that mission, but there's going to be moments in my life where I'm going through something where I feel like shit <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. that it's going to, it's going to keep polishing the, the diamond of, of my soul and of my mission. And, and so I don't suffer as much and I don't spend as much time in the suffering, but I don't live in a fantasy land that I'm done, you know, yeah. um, because we never are. That's, that's part of the journey. So so let's shift to another thing I wanted to talk to you about because a lot of times um, when we're feeling like shit, it's really easy to point the finger at someone else, something else, mm-hmm. and play a little bit of the blame game. So let's talk about blame a little bit. Does that help us when we're feeling like shit? God, I wish it did. I know, right? <laughs> it's, so, it's like temporarily satisfying. It's temporarily satisfying. Blame is one of those ways that we offload hurt and offload pain. And I know for me, I was a huge blamer. It was so much easier for me to blame other people than to take responsibility for my old life. I'll give you an example. I was in a relationship for a long time, for more than 13 years. And that relationship was not going well. Most of the time it was not going well. And it was easier for me to put all of the blame on him. You know, if he would just get his shit together, if he would just fix his behavior, then we would both be happier. It was easier for me to do that. And and granted, he was not behaving well, like, let's be honest, but it was easier for me to do that than to really look at the fact that I was tolerating all of this, Mm. that I had extremely poor boundary setting, that I was allowing this person to do this to me because I was desperate to change it so that I could validate myself through him. And I even had my therapist tell me, you know, after years of this, she was like, Andrea, you either need to leave him and start over, or you need to just accept that this is probably the way it's going to be. And when your own therapist tells you that, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I just, I think it is, again, it's, it's another one of those ways that 
that fuels disconnection and allows us to not take responsibility for what we are tolerating in our lives. Mm, Wow. Wow. That brings it right back. It's like that you know, cliches are cliches for a reason. There's always truth. It's when we're pointing one finger at someone else, we've got three pointing back to ourselves. But here's where it gets tricky because one thing that I've noticed that I've done is taken over responsibility and gone Mm -hmm. into blaming myself too much. Yeah, Uh, I manifested this. I created this. I should have known better. I did something that triggered that person. So how do we walk that line between taking responsibility and accountability, but not going into self-blame? Hey, everybody. Sorry to interrupt, but as we're talking about how to stop feeling like shit, one of the ways to actually feel better is to eat healthy food. And my favorite way to do that and never have to leave my house is to shop through Thrive Market. It's one of my favorite online stores. They sell all the top organic and healthy products at 25 to 50% off, shipped straight to your door. Do a few price comparisons to Whole Foods. You can easily find that on their site and you'll see the actual savings. And I love that they have premium, healthy, organic, non-GMO type products, but they sell them at a price that doesn't break your bank account. So how do they do that? Well, they cut out the middleman and they work directly with the brands and then they pass those savings on to their members. And what's even better for everyone who signs up, Thrive Market donates a membership to a low-income family, veteran, or teacher. So together, we're all making healthy living affordable for everyone. That is a company I'm honored to support. Thrive Market also makes it super easy to shop. Not only is it all online and shipped straight to your door, But every single product on their site is tagged by over 90 different values. So in one click, you can sort the entire catalog by categories like non-GMO, organic, vegan, gluten-free, paleo, sustainably farmed, etc. So here is a special offer for all of our Over It and On With It listeners. Get $60 off free organic groceries and free shipping and a 30-day trial membership. Go to thrivemarket.com slash over it. And keep in mind that Thrive Market's prices are already 25 to 50% below retail because they cut out that middleman. And now they're offering $60 of free organic groceries plus free shipping. Go to thrivemarket.com slash over it. That's tricky. And I think it really, you know, it can really be like a a case by case basis type of thing. But I think that I, I wonder if a lot of your listeners are like this too. It's the whole, I think the, um, the psychology term is over-identification where we overthink things, mm-hmm. <laughs> and try to put labels on things. And th- to me, the bottom line is that if you feel like your body will tell you, if you feel like there is something going on where you are being treated poorly, then I, I'm pretty sure that that's your answer. And that again, it comes down to, I, I, I don't want to oversimplify it, but at the same time, like I do kind of want to oversimplify it, but I just, yeah. I keep coming back to my, to my own example. And to, for me, it was intuition. My intuition mm-hmm. was telling me it was, it was kind of that black or white, you know, mm-hmm. you should not be with this person. You should not marry this person. You should break up with this person. And I didn't listen and I didn't listen and I didn't listen. And that's another way we can self blame too. Right. Because I did, I did exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. I went into that hole. I should have known better. I didn't listen to my intuition. So I think that that's where self-compassion can come in. And that whole, like you did the best you could with what you had. Personally, I didn't have a whole lot of tools there. Mm-hmm. I, 
esteemed myself through other people, especially men. And, um, it didn't work out very well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Usually doesn't. yeah. Yeah. No, that that's the thing. And, and so, but now you're in a marriage that's much different mm-hmm. and this is another relationships are a big topic on the show. Um, and people maybe get out physically of a relationship that didn't serve them, but for whatever reason, they kind of get stuck in, they're still in it energetically. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. So totally. what is something having, having been there and have, having mm-hmm. made that transition yourself, what is something you could offer our listeners about kind of going from that dysfunctional relationship to one that's more in alignment with who you are and what you want and is more healthy? Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm pushing my sleeves up for this because <laughs> that's a big this question. Is my jam. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I'm 11 years out. I think it's been at least 11 or 12 years and it's, I'm still learning from it. I I think that my ex-husband was one of my greatest teachers. And I think that for me, surrender has been a big one. And what I mean by that specifically is that, so I'll give you an example. Um, he would come up in my dreams every once in a while and just randomly just, he would either be a character in a dream or like it, it would be, we would be like back together. And I was like at his parents' house and I would wake up and I would be so angry, mm. angry at my brain, angry at my body, angry at him, angry at the universe. Just like, why is this happening? I was making it mean something. And I finally, <laughs> probably with the help of, of a friend or a coach or someone, realized that the more I resisted this and the more angry I I got and the more I made it mean something, the worse it was getting and the more it was showing up in my brain. And I had a coach actually tell me, she said, she's like, I'm a believer that when we have an intimate relationship with someone that even if we break up and are no longer with that person, their energy still lives in your cells. Mm -hmm. And the more you resist that, (laughs) the more it's going to show up for you in different areas, whether it's in your dreams, whether it's in your triggers, whatever it is. And when you surrender to it and just ask, like, what are you here to teach me? That might work better for you, I think is what she was saying. And so I did that and it, 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 oh my gosh, so much weight lifted. And now when it happens, I just acknowledge it and I'll say, I'll wake up in the morning and be like, that was interesting. Mm. And that's it. And then I forget about it. Like, I don't even remember it. There's no angst there or anything like that. I think that also what's helped me a lot is, you know, forgiveness is a layered topic when it comes to previous relationships where we weren't treated well. And I think that what has been more helpful for me, because it's so nuanced and, you know, it's, you can't measure it and and things like that, which, you know, hello, my name's Andrea and I struggle with control. So I want to measure it. (laughs) What's actually been more helpful is just compassion for that person and really leaning into the knowledge that that person did the best that he could with what he had. He didn't have a lot of tools either. He honestly did the best that he could. And that was not okay with me. That was that was unacceptable. And therefore we cannot be together anymore. That has been more helpful than like, do I forgive that person? I don't know. And it just, to me, it was, it raised a lot of questions. And I do actually believe that I have, I have forgiven that person and wish the best for him. And, um, I actually thanked him in the acknowledgements of my first book, because I do believe he was the catalyst for me changing my life. Um, but I'll stop there because I have more things, but I'll let, I want you to jump in. Well, uh, the whole forgiveness thing, I think that that's another place where we can spiritual bypass a little bit and people can mentally think they've forgiven someone, but in their, in their gut and their cells, they really haven't. And so, um, one thing that's really helped me is, 
to understand that it, you don't have to go to forgiveness. Like there's, there's other ways to have, mm, to let something go and have closure. For example, acceptance. And, um, mm-hmm. I think that like, I can look back at, at some of the people in my life who, you know, really were button pushers for me and I can get altitude on it and go, wow, that I so had a soul contract with this person. Mm-hmm. Like that person had to treat me in this way so that I would learn what I needed to learn. And yeah. that just bypasses forgiveness. Like when I can go to, oh, like we had a divine appointment, like we had a soul contract. And on some level, I agreed to all of this because for me, sometimes Andrea, like if I'm like, oh, I forgive that person. It, it, it subtly perpetuates that I was victimized in some way. Mm, Interesting. Okay. And not always, it depends on the situation, but if I feel like I'm still in that dynamic where I feel like I've been wronged and, oh, I can forgive this person because they were doing the best they can, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It helps me somewhat. But if I get even more altitude and go, oh, wait a second, there is a soul contract. I agreed to this. This person was just playing their part so I could learn what mm-hmm. I needed to learn. That helps me let go and separate a whole lot more. Yeah. If that makes sense. Totally. Well, I had my Akashic records opened. Mm. And for anyone that doesn't know what that is, it's like this. Have you ever done that before? Mm hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's like these soul guides and they open up, everybody has these records of your soul and you have to give permission. And it's kind of like a psychic reading, but it's a little bit different. And she told me that he had a contract and he needed to fulfill it to be my catalyst to, you know, light the fuse to push me out into the world. Cause again, as I mentioned, my intuition told me to break up with him when I was 19 and I married him eight years later. And my intuition even then said, don't marry him. I did it anyway. (laughs) My intuition said, don't have a baby with him. For some reason, I listened to that. And, but yeah, and, and I didn't leave and didn't leave. And I do think that the inner, that the universe intervened and sent our neighbor down to have an affair with him. And that's what finally broke up our marriage because I wouldn't leave. The universe was like, okay, we're going to drop this bomb on you because you won't do it. And when I had my Akashic records open, she told me that, that the guides said that that was his contract and he fulfilled his duty to me. And I believe that. Yep. Yep. And I, I'm sure that I did give you some degree of peace. No, having it that did. It did. Mm-hmm. And I want to mention one more thing that happened. This just happened like three nights ago. So I was, um, you know, again, in a totally different, better marriage. And I was on the phone with my husband and I had this total honest miscommunication about something that had happened and he was going to be late after work, but I didn't, I didn't know that he was going to be late. So I called him and I'm like, where are you? And it was like a a Christmas work party. And I was irritated because I got triggered because that was one of the things that my ex-husband used to do. He would just like not come home all night (laughs) (laughs) over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and I'm on the phone with my current husband and I hear voices in the background, you know, his coworkers and I got so triggered and I hung up on him. (laughs) I was like, okay, dinner's on the table. Got to go. And I hung up. And so a few hours later he comes home and I'm wrapping Christmas presents and he comes upstairs and sits down and, you know, waiting. And I said, you know, and I sat there and I had, I had some choices. I could have either pretended like nothing was wrong. I could have told him I was sorry for hanging up on him and, you know, just told him I was stressed or I could have told him the truth and said, I'm sorry for hanging up on you. And here's what happened. Mm. And I chose 
the third choice, which was so vulnerable and hard for me, someone who, you know, I still struggle with showing all of the parts of me, all of the parts of me that I sometimes don't like about myself. And I said, I'm really sorry. And you didn't do anything wrong. I got triggered and I get angry sometimes that I still get triggered. And, um, that's what happened. Mm. And I'm really sorry. Mm. And that's, that to me is relationship building. That is building trust and intimacy and having healthy commu- grown-up communication, something that before I did not know how to do that. It would have been so much easier for me to just blame him and say like, why didn't you tell me that and get into an argument about, you know, you said that, you know, just all of that stuff that we have all done. And yeah. this has been, you know, some people say to me like, oh, you're so brave for going on your podcast and telling your stories. And I'm like, you know, thank you for that. And to me, real bravery and real courage comes from the communication and the relationships and doing the work with the people I'm closest to. Mm. That's my husband. That's my mom. That's my best friend. Those, my children, those are, that is my life's work at its core. That is, that is, that takes a lot of courage. And I, I think that's true for everyone. What was your husband's response? He just listened and he, um, and then I really, I got into what, how it used to be for me and like what the trigger was. And, um, and he just, he didn't know about that, you know, that, that I had to deal with that in my twenties. And he just said, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. And I was Mm -hmm. really honest. And I said, when at that point I was crying and I said, when he used to do that to me, the message that sent to me was that I didn't matter when he would not come home when he said he was going to be home or when I would call and I would hear him like at a party or something or, or when he wouldn't come home until six in the morning drunk to me, that sent a message. You don't really matter that much, Andrea. Mm. And that's what that is. You know, that's like that ripping open that wound. And it's so interesting, you know, just one phone call hearing people in the background can like trigger that. And I, I think that again, the, the, those kinds of traumas live in ourselves yeah. and that's what was activated. Yeah. And if I don't tell someone or if I don't tell him, it stays with me and yep. it's just, it's not good. And so again, I feel like such a grown ass woman. Yeah. <laughs> conversations yeah. Yeah. with the people I care about. And I, I wish that for everyone. Yeah, it really is. You're just reminding me of, of a conversation I had this weekend. I, you know, I just found out I had to move. I had a really um, hard conversation with my landlord where I got yelled at. It was, it's just been intense. And I, all my kind of safety issues are triggered right now. And it, it goes back to being bullied. It goes back to being kicked out of a spiritual community. It, it, it there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of content tied to this theme. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect work. Yeah. And it just so happened that someone I like newly had started to, to date was in town. He didn't, doesn't live here. was in town to see me. And it was like really only the second time that we'd seen each other. Mm. And I just, I could feel myself just not open, you know, cause all mm-hmm. my basic safety issues were triggered and I could feel myself trying to pretend and trying to like be, be like everything was okay and positive and open and all those mm-hmm. things. And finally I just said to him, look, like, and I got kind of emotional. I said, I, I'm just in a really tender place right now. I'm just, I'm not myself. Like my basic safety issues are triggered. So I'm just going to have to go really slow. And in the past, I don't think I would have said that because I uh-huh. would have been too worried about, oh, it's too new and what is he going to think and da, 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 But at the cost of my own truth, 
you know, and yeah. I just, I just, you know, I'm sure people listening can think of how many times you've been a chameleon and how many times you've been afraid to say what's really true or so disconnected from yourself. You don't even know you don't why even know you're shutting true. down, you know, yeah. and, and the more we speak it, the less it's that monster in the closet and the more we are aware of what's being triggered and the more we can have honest communication with people, you know, and, yeah. and, and also give them the gift because you gave your husband the gift of knowing he didn't do anything wrong and that really wasn't about him, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think that when we have triggers, it is our responsibility when we're triggered by someone and it really isn't about them to, to own where we are so that yeah. they don't take it personally. And and think of all the times that not just you, Andrea, but you listening, someone has said something to you or done something and you've taken it personally when meanwhile it didn't have anything to do with you. So if we Mm -hmm. can give that gift to others of being like, really, like, it's really not you, it's me. Something's really up with me. I think that that, that, that to me is spirituality in action. You know, it's not about sitting around and, and chanting a mantra 108 times or, um, wearing white. It's, it's really about that, that kind of honesty. So thank you for sharing that. I mean, that has changed my relationship because mm-hmm. I've had to do that several times that I can think of in this current marriage where I know, you know, I, I get really mad because I'm triggered and I am upset with my husband and I come at him and he's like waiting, you know, to get the beat down yeah. and I stop myself and I look at him and I say, this is mine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. This has yeah. nothing to do with you. This is my old shit. Yeah. And the, the, I'll tell you what, you want to see a shocked look on somebody's face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Own your stuff when they're exactly. not expecting you to. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's so true. It's so true. It's so true. And it just diffuses the whole situation. Yeah. It just diffuses it. So, oh, oh my gosh. This is such good stuff. I, 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 I know that people are going to get so much value from this and want so much more. So tell people where they can get the book, where they can get more you, where they can listen to your awesome podcast. Tell them everything. That is at, well, let's see the book. The, probably the best place to go is yourkickasslife.com slash HTSFLS, which is an acronym for the title, how to stop feeling like shit. And it's in pre-order right now when this episode comes out, but it's in bookstores, January 2nd, we're actually gonna be on the front tables in Barnes and Noble the first few weeks. So you'll see it there, which is very exciting. I know. Yay. And then I'm offering a free book club that starts on January 22nd for anybody that buys the book, whether you buy it on audiobook or ebook, whatever, because I mean, raise your hand if you've ever bought a self-help book and not read it and had every good intention to read it and not read it or, or read it. I know, read it so quickly that you don't digest any of it. I didn't want that for people. I wanted to offer them something that they can come and be guided with me, with other like-minded spirits who are wanting change too. And you can ask questions. It's all online. It's four weeks long. We're going to hit every single chapter and that's, they can read about it on that page too. Awesome. So yourkickasslife.com slash H-T-S-F-L-S. Yes. Got it. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Awesome. Well, thank you, Andrea. Thank you for being willing to do such courageous and vulnerable work. Thank you for helping us take off the mask. Thank you for helping us not numbing out, not blaming, not controlling and planning as much. And just thank you for just the, the realness of who you are. You know, I can say as your friend and as someone who knows you behind the scenes, you're so congruent, like who you are to the world and who you are in your life as, as a friend it are, are the same. And I just love, 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 love having you in my life because you truly walk the talk. 
no, thank you for that, Christine. I'm going to take that and put that in my back pocket. Yes, I'm not going to deflect it. Um, and I just, I love that this conversation veered off into a direction that probably ne- neither of us are were expecting. And I just, I know that you and I intuitively just go where we think the listeners, things that they need to hear. So every, anybody that says, uh, you, you wrote, you did that podcast episode for me. Yes, we did. <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, we did. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much. And I know I definitely feel amazing after listening to this podcast. So thank you for creating that feeling. You're welcome. Hey, everybody, before I sign off, here are some useful car tips you might not be aware of. A coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior. Removing excess weight from your car will improve gas mileage. My yoga mat's really heavy. Maybe I should take that out of my trunk. And you can also place your key fob to your chin to increase its range. Weird, right? And is that healthy? Well, here's another tip you might not know about. True Car also helps people get used cars. That's right. True Car is not just for new buying customers. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience, whether you buy new or used. And with True Car, users can see what others paid. So they know they're getting a good deal before buying. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with True Car certified dealers. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. All right, everybody, that's Coach's Corner for this week. I will see you, talk to you again next Wednesday for a live coaching episode. And of course, another Coach's Corner back next Saturday. Much love and many blessings, everybody.